kind of our thing. I'm a superhero! And demolishing a lot of buildings is also what they are good at. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Forever Fangirls podcast. I am Sheila Amato and you can find me and my wife on Twitter at Forever Fanpod. And I am Kimberly Amato and you can also find us on our website foreverfangirls.com or on Instagram at Forever Fanpod. We are your hosts and we're glad you can join us. As you heard from our very short intro because we had to use the non-red band trailer um we are going to be discussing the much anticipated james gunn film the suicide squad will it be better than suicide squad released in 2016 we'll find out but before we do here is our banter music to so that you can pause us in case you have not seen the movie as we will have spoilers so how are you doing today baby I'm doing okay. I mean, Lucy Lawless, Renee O'Connor are reuniting on uh, Acorn. I think it's Acorn's TV series, uh, My Life is Murder. Ooh, yes, I saw that. I'm so excited. <laughs> we're going to cover that season one, right? Right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And then we're going to jump right into season two because that's where Renee's going to be. <laughs> yes, that's so awesome. But I'm, I'm also, um, I find it absolutely awesome and cool. And it's just really amazing to me that the younger generations are now finding Xena and mm. seeing the representation that we clung to for dear life in the 90s. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was subtext, right? Because we all know production companies just were not into that. And it would have been canon if they allowed it. Right? Yeah. I, I believe even uh, the actors all said it would have been canon. They wanted it canon. But production companies like, <clears throat> have a great day. Right. So, um, you know, it's, it's really... It's very inspiring to see where we were mm-hmm. and to see where entertainment has gone and come uh, to this point where we've got shows like Winona Earp with same-sex marriages and a love scene um, and, and all these things. Yes. It's just, it's beautiful. <laughs> yes, it, it most definitely is. Um, and who knows? Maybe if there is another Harley Quinn movie, we don't have to worry about Mr. J. We uh, we can move on to maybe um, Poison Ivy. Wink, wink. Nudge, nudge. Maybe. Please. <laughs> maybe. Well, who knows? We can only hope, right? But yes. in the meantime, let us get back to the show on hand and review The Suicide Squad. So, um, The Suicide Squad was released simultaneously in theaters and on HBO Max on August 6, 2021. Not 2020, 2021. <laughs> <laughs> She's well, been messing up her years lately. Yes, I have. I'm in a time warp. Um, Let's do the time warp again. Anyway, while, while Suicide Squad is not a reboot and not a direct sequel, it's more of a standalone film. So you can watch this without ever seeing 2016's Suicide Squad because I didn't. No, you didn't. Anyway, go ahead and read the synopsis, please, baby. <clears throat> Are we ready? Yes, we are ready. You can ask me what accent I'm going to do? No. <clears throat> Surprise me. Supervillains Harley Quinn, Bloodsport, and Peacemaker, and a collection of nutty cons at Bell Rev Prison join the super secret, super shady Task Force X, without Mr. J, by the way. 
As they are dropped off at a remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltese. That was great. That was awesome. That's a really bad Harley. But it was still great. Anyway, so I'm going to read a summary uh, very short this time. Because I wrote it? Yeah, because you wrote it. So, Bloodsport's daughter is facing jail time. So he joins Task Force X to destroy Project Starfish in Jotunheim. Harley Quinn and several other expendable members are sent to one side of Corto Maltese as a diversion. All of the other characters, except for Quinn and and Colonel Flagg, die on the beach. In the meantime, Bloodsport and his team have no resistance and go through various mishaps on the way to destroying Starfish. That being said, Flagg uncovers evidence the U.S. had a part in bringing the alien back to the island for testing. So when Flagg wants to release it the information that is, Peacemaker kills him. In the end, Bloodsport uses that information to get them all of their freedoms. So how will that work going forward? Well, we'll have to wait and see. Dun, dun, dun. Okay, so shall we start our discussion about the good, the bad, and the cute? The unicorn poop. I haven't said that in a while. Oh my goodness. Or wait, can I just say the num-nums? <laughs> the good, the bad, the num-nums. <laughs> yes, you can. You know okay. what? You know what I did? What? Oh, I don't remember what button it is. <laughs> <laughs> really? You you just oh, no. there it is. Uh, you just messed up that moment. I did, <laughs> but that's okay. You love me. I do. Okay, so um, Margot Robbie. Yeah, she's just perfect as Harlequin. I think. Okay, when I when I first saw the original Suicide Squad, I was like, okay. The, the trailers, you know, like when a trailer shows you something and you're like, oh my God, this is going to be an amazing trailer. But mm-hmm. then you kind of get a little worried that you've seen everything that's great in the trailer. Yes, because we've, we've been there, we've done been that. there, yes. Been there, done that, wrote the book. Um, she really surprised me and then has continued to just knock it out of the park every time she plays Harley. Anytime she has been Harley from the Birds of uh, Birds of Cray. Birds, Birds of, of Prey. Prey. Yes. <laughs> She's been brilliant. Yeah. And I, I say that word a lot, you know, but she really I love 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 watching her. Yes. I I actually you dragged me to see Birds of Prey because I was not wanting to see. I mean, it it didn't we, interest we me. We went on a double date. Yes. And it didn't interest me. And then after I saw it, it was like Oh my gosh, that was really that was really fun. Yeah, they need to make another one. Yes, they do. So, um, you know, she's just that scene where she killed the uh, presidente, the presidente, yeah, who who killed the where he's the crawling, family. he's crawling on the floor, bleeding to death, and she's like, "I was told I wouldn't stay with another guy with red flags," and you know, killing children's a red flag. Yes, exactly. <laughs> so it's like um, but you just killed someone. <laughs> Yes, but in her mind, it was justified because he was going to kill children. And, yeah. you know, that's against her code. You but just it, don't do it's that. It's just the way she... Delivered it? Delivers it and plays insane on a, like, straight sort of <laughs> level. Yeah. She delivers everything as if this is the most normal thing in the world. Mm-hmm. And it's perfect. When she's outside and they're like, we're coming to save you. And she's like, oh, well, I'll go back in then. Yeah, it's right. Little things like that throughout the whole film. Yeah, you know, I, I love the fact that she did break herself out. Like yeah. you, you actually called it when you know she was playing dead. 
Oh yeah, right? I am. Well, no, she was playing that she was uh, unconscious, and unconscious, I turned around yes. to you and I said, "She gonna use her legs." <laughs> I know. I was like, "What? <laughs> you have to handcuff her legs." <laughs> yeah, I mean, every part of her is a deadly weapon. Mm-hmm. So that whole that whole scene and the fact that she, you know she doesn't need anybody to save her. She saved- she doesn't need anyone to save her, but she also she. It's weird. It's like you can see that Harley doesn't need anybody, but wants people there. And when people, like when Flag says he was coming to get her, the actual sincerity of her really going, oh, I'll go back inside so you can save me because yeah. it's this, oh my God, you came here for me. Yeah. And there's well, an innocence in there. Because the, the whole time, you know, it, especially in Birds of Prey, right? She, she loves Mr. J. Mr. J. She gave everything to mm-hmm. him and he used her like, I don't know, a dirty rag and then threw her away. Yeah. And so, so when when someone actually genuinely cares about her, she's like, oh, you know, this is a new feeling. She loves love. Yeah. But speaking of, of the complete antithesis of love, <laughs> Viola Davis scares the living daylights out of me. She's just like cold. She's mean. <laughs> it's really hard. I know, right? Especially with the other movies that we've seen her in. It's well, like, it, it's just a... It proves that she, well, I mean, she's done a lot, like, you know, how to get away with murder and stuff like that. So she's just so good mm-hmm. that she's so cold. And so there's a mission. The mission has to be done. And I don't care what I have to do. Like, she just flips a switch and pushes a button and poof, your head's blown up. Yeah. I mean, all I, I can just imagine the Wilhelm scream <coughs> of like every single time someone's head blown up. <laughs> You've never heard of the Wilhelm? All right, I'll have to explain the Wilhelm oh scream later. I just like imagine that as like a sound effect over them. Yeah. And it makes it, it I man, she's cold. She's just so good. Mm-hmm. So cold. Even to her own employees in the room with her. I know. And they were in the room when it happened. And it's so, <laughs> I know I'm bringing in so many different productions. I was into like, this. wait a minute. What, what show are we reviewing here? Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's Viola Davis. You love to hate her. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the, the two, the two main co-leads i guess if you think about it mm-hmm. idris elba and john cena mm-hmm. right they're they're perfect in their roles and you know they're they're both they're like the the mirror image of each other but one is so straight laced with not being what's the word i'm looking for not being flexible right peace at any cost peace at, at any cost right whereas um blood sport you know he's he has that tough exterior, but you can tell there's still there's still that softer side of him where it's yes he does care he doesn't he doesn't want to show it but he well he's an assassin he doesn't want to show his weaknesses right <laughs> but I just I love that that juxtaposition of both of them the yin and yang yeah and forgive forgive the the really blatant thing here but you know black and white you know just. Well, yeah. I mean, John Cena's character of Peacemaker was very crystal clear. There are rules, there are missions, and you do what you need to do, and that's it. There's no, like you said, there's no room for deviation. There's no gray area. Mm. Whereas Bloodsport, he's like, okay, there's things you've got to do. He hates it, but if he's got to do something, he's going to absolutely despise it if it deviates, but he'll do it. I mean, because it's the right thing to do. That's the little bit of humanity that I believe Ratcatcher um, mentions. Yes, but before we go to her, it is really the reason why he even went on this on this 
journey, right, on mm-hmm. this mission because he wants to save his daughter. He doesn't want his daughter to... And yet he yells at her and screams at her when she's there, but he's he's kind of doing that to keep her, her away safe. from him mm-hmm. and safe because he's not a good man. Right. And that's why I'm I'm saying that he has he still has that humanity, and mm-hmm. that's why that's why um, little Sebastian just keeps 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 reaching that leaf over to him. Is it really bad that in my <laughs> head I was hearing Sebastian from The Little Mermaid going, "Please take my leaf, I love you. Just <laughs> pet me on the oh head. I'm a cute little rat man. I'm not going to hurt you, dead. Oh you know, I goodness. couldn't stop it in my head." <laughs> Please, Disney, don't come after me. It's a DC movie. You have no... <laughs> You're terrible. Don't hurt me. You're terrible. Um, so uh, continuing on and skipping that away, I... Um, and I'm going to destroy her last name, but Daniela Melquire. Melquire. Yeah. God, she was the heart of the whole movie. She was. She, I actually mentioned that to you. I was like, oh my gosh. Yeah, but the... Um, I think her story about her father... Um, how he controlled the rats and how they were the lowest, you know, they were homeless, whatnot. They were lowest of the low. They were the lowest no of the low. No one wanted them. Kind of tossed away, ignored, um, like rats. But it was the idea that her story felt like the commonality and the, con- the not the commonality, the, the, continu- the continuous line through the whole film. The thread through yeah, all of them. Yeah, it felt like the only thing that kept everything together. She really brought it and made it real. Yeah. That they were all cast aside and yeah. society didn't want them. I mean, ultimately, Task Force X has injections into their brains and they go boom. Mm-hmm. And we don't have to worry about anything, you know? <laughs> they go boom. Right. So the fact that they indirectly are all expendable, it's her sitting there going, you know, I'm going to bring you home to um, Bloodsport. You know, mm-hmm. I'll make sure you get back. Okay. There's this humanity in her that she's trying to get everyone else to see because she sees the world very, very differently. And I like the innocence and the way Daniela portrayed it. And and it was just so, um, it was so good. Yeah. I mean, she was the first one to reach out to Jaws or whatever his name is. The shark? King Shark. King Shark. Sorry. Jaws. Different movie. You think? (laughs) She oh, reached boy. out to the shark and said, you know, you're not going to eat my your friends, right? But he doesn't have any friends. I know, but now she's his friend. So she indirectly saved the mission before it fell apart at the beginning. Before it really even started. Right. Because she handed off that leaf. I think truthfully, without her, the mission fails. Take out everything she does throughout mm-hmm. the film at the end and where she stands up. But I think without her, the, the mission never gets off the ground. Because they, they just, they keep fighting each other. Yeah, I agree. It's moving right along. Yes. Um, it felt to me, mm. having seen both, that it was the first time the essence of the Suicide Squad felt like it was more on point. Okay, well. I, I know you have nothing to compare yeah, I was, to. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, I, I'm going to have to... Yeah, Defer to you on that because I did not see the first one. Yeah, it just it felt more cohesive, um, character-wise, development-wise. Didn't the first one have Will Smith? Yeah, he, he has a very good character. Um, I don't know why he wasn't in this. I believe there was something about conflict of schedules or something. Okay. I, I'm just I don't remember if I find the link. I I'll 
bring it in there. Um, but it, it just felt, I'm sorry, but that Joker, I'm not going to say the actor's name because the actor is really, really good. But, oh my God, it was just, it was painful. Well, that, that then you know what? It's a good thing I did not see no, it. No, <laughs> it is. Because I think, to be honest, had you seen the original one, I don't think you would have watched this one. Because I know you well enough, you might have turned around and been like, mm-mm. Oh, uh, well, yeah, you've convinced me to see other films that, that I didn't want to see, and they turned out really great. But so. were they sequels or, like, well, I know this is a standalone, but you would have looked at it and goes, no, why am I going to watch that again? I hated the first one. Why would I see a sequel to it? That's true. Um, and we have done that. You dragged me to Twilight. I will never forgive you for that. But I dragged you to Pitch Perfect, and you love that movie. Yes. And you dragged me to Twilight in a theater where literally people were fawning in the audience and I was trying to sleep. Anyway. Anyway. So it's funny because movies like this, I'm I'm automatically waiting for the after credit scene. Because Thank you, Disney. It seems like that's like the, the normal now, right? Yeah. And if you don't have one, you're like, like, what? What? Yeah. So, you know, we see that Weasel actually didn't die. Mm-hmm. He He's alive. And Peacemaker, who got shot in the throat... I thought was gone for for sure, but apparently he survived that. So smaller bullet, smaller entry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and he has a very thick neck. So, mm. um, so you know, maybe they are going to be in the next film. Who knows? Well, I'm just thinking Weasel's still alive on this island with little children, and he ate like a ridiculous amount of kids. And I know. I'm like, oh man. Yeah, he might be the next baddie. Who knows? I mean, they still technically have the thing in his neck. They can just, you know, and... Oh, my goodness. I'm going to use that way too much. Yes, you are. But yeah, it does... Um, I mean, you and I both agree. John Cena was really good in that role. Yes, he was. Um, so I'm really interested in how they'll use him going forward. Mm. Like I said, I thought he was dead. And because... Because of the way he played a character, I wanted him to be dead. Because you know what's funny? Like, Okay, I'm I'm gonna st- I didn't want him dead until the end. Yes, that's what I mean. I and I didn't even want him necessarily dead. I just wanted him I cuz he mm, mm. he was so good. I didn't <laughs> want him to die per se. I kind of wanted someone to like you know zip tie him up or duct tape. I mean, everybody's got duct tape. Where was the duct tape? <laughs> really? Yeah, you should duct tape him up or something. I don't know. I just I'm glad that the after credit scene showed that they have no idea how he survived. So then I have to question, how the hell did he survive? Ooh, is it the same Peacemaker? Is it Peacemaker Part 2? Is it Peacemaker 2.0 with a bit of Starfish on the side? I don't know. Well, Starfish never touched him. Well, but there were other people in there, in the rubble, and the little baby Starfishes were around. And Fisher Friend's not food, so you never know. Uh, I don't know. Dun, dun, uh. So anyway, any other good? Starfish was funny. It was a absurdity and a campiness <laughs> to it. I mean, who shoots things out of their armpits? If you think about it, it's their armpit. They raise their arms and that's their weapon because, you know, it's like pew, 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 pew. No? Did you really just do that? <laughs> What's really bad is her arms were up in the air and she was going pew, pew, pushing one arm forward, one arm back. And it just looked like this really weird... Arm movement because the because starfish was a weary weary really <laughs> weird villain. 
It, uh, yeah, and and truthfully, yeah, I yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> anyway, all right. So, are we good with the good? We are good with the good. We are yeah. okay. So, let's go to the bad. Dun, dun, dun. It was two Guardians of the Galaxy for me, um, and I know that the, that's what they compared it to. Mm. Um, I believe James Gunn had mentioned, or someone in the production had mentioned, that it was uh, Guardians of the Galaxy meets Apocalypse Now something to that effect with like all these explosions and everything. And, you know, I actually mentioned it to you. Guardians of the Galaxy was so different. It was. And it was actually, I was, um, that was another movie that you, you took me to. I was not, um, I was not raring to go see it. I wanted, I had never read the comics of it, um, but I'd wanted to see it because it just looked so silly mm-hmm. and fun and um the first one we're talking the fir- about the, yeah, the very one. very first one and um you know vin diesel is a tree it was just <laughs> i love vin diesel so i'm like let's go see it and Groot. Groot. there's just there was so much in guardians that was unexpected and it was it was like um i had mentioned to you it was it was almost as if we had seen signs from M. Night Shyamalan, mm. where there's all of this new stuff that you're not accustomed to seeing, and all of a sudden you're like, wow, yeah. that's just mind blown, yep. really cool. And, and the music was really great. Oh, yeah. So. But then when you try to redo that, because I've already expected certain outcomes, it's hard it's to... It's not the same. It's really hard to remake that type of newness. And, you know, that's why Guardians of the Galaxy 2, to this day, I, I it was cute, but I didn't really enjoy it like I did the first one. Mm-hmm. And to me, this was Guardians of the Galaxy 2. It was trying to do a little too much in spots and not enough in others. Yeah. Um, and it just it just felt too close to it. And I know that that's, that's what James Gunn has done. I mean, he's, he's Guardians of the Galaxy. He's the man that made that work. Right. And... I think the the reason why Guardians of the Galaxy worked is because the story was a little richer, right? And I I was looking at this uh, the other day after we saw The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. Yeah, and James Gunn was the writer for it, the sole writer, whereas for Guardians of the Galaxy, he actually had collaborators. So I think... uh, Similar to kind of how we do things, I think, you know, we're... the the things that we produce are richer because the two of us have input and we have different, um, we have different points of view and we make it work. Whereas, you know, sometimes it's just not quite the same when it's just one or the other. At least that's how I, that's how I take it. That's, that's hard for me because as an author, yes, I have editors who might make suggestions, but the story and the writing is all mine. So, while I understand that, I also know that if somebody has an idea of where they want to go and they have a way of going about it, really and truly the possibility of creating a phenomenal film is there. There's a lot of great films written by, you know, screenplay by only one person. Mm. I just think this missed the mark a little bit. You know, you you know how I feel about villains. There needs to be a clear-cut villain. Yeah. And there really isn't, again. No, there isn't. So you don't know, I mean, who's to me the real villain was was Viola Davis's character. 
but she's not really, I mean, she gets hit up the head, but she doesn't really get attacked. She doesn't really, you know, so really the, the great, what I think James Gunn did well was the camaraderie and, and the group itself. What I think was missing was the development of everything else around them. Mm. And I, maybe it's because when, when I write, I, at least for work stuff, you know, there's always someone else reviewing stuff and then double checking everything. So, but do you have to take their suggestions? Sometimes I do. Sometimes I don't, but it's up to you to make that choice. Yes. So that's what I'm saying. I use editors. I use arc readers, but it's up to me whether I take their, um, whether I take their advice and I take their suggestions. So we don't know if other people read this and made suggestions and he took it or he didn't. They could have maybe taken stuff out. They could have put stuff in. We don't know. Mm. I just know that the finished product didn't feel solid. That's a good point. That's a good point. To me, um, I actually felt the time pass, right? I was like, Mm. oh my God, this is long. And there were, there were parts that were really funny. And, you know, I, Again, I think Harley Quinn was great in this. And so were some other characters. But I... King Shark. It, <laughs> you love King Shark. I did. I think King Shark. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to wait. Um, yeah, but I was just like, okay, this this is... Eh. I did see you check your watch. <laughs> you checked your watch too. Well, no, my watch kept going off and I was wondering why it was vibrating. And then oh. I realized it was all these text messages started coming in. And I'm like... Okay. okay, but yes, I, I was checking my watch because I'm like, okay, how long is this thing? So yeah, anyway. See, I wasn't. All right, so are we good with the bat or is there anything else you want to add? Um, I think we are good with the bat. So, right, so we're going to jump right in to the cute. To the cute. The num nums. <laughs> it was King Shark. <laughs> uh, it, you know. And you're always hungry. Except, except that, you know, I'm actually always the one who's hungry, not you. You are. But friends aren't num nums. <laughs> um, I was very surprised, uh, voiced by Sylvester Stallone. So, you know, nom, nom. with Sylvester Stallone, I just, I just love that. It didn't. Nom, nom. <laughs> it didn't sound like Sylvester Stallone actually. That's well, why I was like, I, I didn't, didn't know Vin Diesel was, was Groot either. So <laughs> that's true. Um. But it, you know, surprised me with that. But, you know, and I know we're biased mm-hmm. because we absolutely love sharks and we've gotten in the water with them. Um, but I, I friggin' loved King yes. Shark. I loved everything about him. Yeah. I love the absurdity. I loved the, the, like when he's upstairs and they're like eight minutes earlier and he's bouncing around. He's like, new friends. Yeah. And then the friends try to eat him. And I, I can't remember where I've seen something similar. Because I've seen it before, but it's just, it's so absurd. And the way it's done is the CGI. I mean, I even commented to you when they did close-ups on the teeth and um, the skin of the shark, you could actually see the lines and the, the, um, the The sensory skin. And it was, it was very realistic. Yeah. Even the lateral line was somewhat there. I yeah. mean, it's not perfect, but it's it's there. And I, I just, I was blown away by the attention to detail in the creation. Mm-hmm. Um, and I I just think he was, in, in my opinion, if you take out Harley, King Shark's the best part of the film. It might, it might rival, um, oh, what is her, the rat catcher to me. But 
Well, see, okay, let me let me rephrase. You take out Harley and Ratcatcher and, and Okay, there you yeah, go. I mean, it, but the the three of them to me really make the film. Yeah. I can so. see that. Yes. So, um speaking of Harlequin and you, that, you, you know what King Shark would think about Harlequin? No, no. No. He's not going to eat Harlequin. Friends aren't food. Ah. So anyway, you know, the fact that Harlequin is just she was given this javelin. And it's like, for what? Hold it for what? What? What am I going to do? And then, you know. You told I, me to take this javelin and hold it, but well, for, hold it for what? Yeah. And then in the end, you know, it's like. <laughs> My Harley's really bad. <laughs> but you know what? It's cute. Um, yeah. We both, we both actually said, okay, so she's going to stab the, the starfish in the eye with that javelin. Yeah. The, the minute I saw it in, in the water thing, I'm like, uh she's gonna stab it and you're like what like she's gonna stab it in the eye that's what she's holding it for mm-hmm. so yeah that that was actually like really you know bringing the the story a little full circle yeah full circle. that was that was good yeah it was also really cute though when she stabs it and then she ends up in the eye and you and i immediately went Ew. i know she was just like swimming in it in goo and then i was like oh will she get infected then and then, and then, and then the rats, the come rats in. start coming up, and I'm like, "Oh, they're gonna eat it from the inside." Yeah, I was like, "Oh, it was the it was that weird the gross factor." It's the gross factor, but it's also like the yeah, well, they're yeah, that's what they do. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, for whatever reason, you know, they they don't get infected themselves; they spread infection. But <laughs> like okay. again, it's it's close to reality. Um. <laughs> I have to I have to give a shout out to John Cena with his his comedic side. I mean, I've seen a lot of films like the the, the Marine or, or whatever things like that, and and it mm. was okay, but he was just so good. And and when he's standing in his underwear, and yeah, like it's the most natural thing in the world. I'm like, really? And they're like, well, what about you, tidy whities And he's like, what? <laughs> it's like, do you have a problem with how I'm dressed? <laughs> you know, there's, I I can't wait to see what he brings because he's got this really dark side, but, but he just delivers these comedic lines again, so straight, so direct to the point. And it's almost as if it goes over his head, but it's it what makes it funny. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then when he shoots out these one liners and you're looking, you're like, what? That makes no sense. <laughs> I need a bag of <laughs> beach if I had to. Right. And I was like, uh, why what? would somebody do that? <laughs> So like, it doesn't matter, but I would do it. It's for freedom. <laughs> or something. Yeah, I just immediately in my head went to the chili cook-off for free. Oh. <laughs> Bringing in Winona Earp here. Oh, goodness. So any other cute do we have here? No, I think I'm good. Yeah? Yeah. Okay. So now that we have finished our discussion, it is time for the Forever Fangirls rating. Drum roll, please. Okay. So... We actually disagreed on this one and had to average the scores to, are you ready? Mm-hmm. 3.5 stars. Yay. Yay. Um, I actually gave it a three and Kimberly said it was a solid four. I, I think it was a really positive step in the right direction for DC. You know, the casting was great. John Cena's Peacemaker still being alive means he could be the villain in upcoming sequels. And that's fascinating to me. I would have loved more development and and truthfully more Harley. Mm. Uh, I didn't think she was used as well. 
um, or as, as much as she could have, not as well, but as much as she could have been, mm-hmm. um, overall it was just, it was enjoyable. Is it perfect? No, but it was, it was a good watch. Yeah. Well, compared to the other one, it was a great watch. <laughs> I, see, I, I can't, I can't say anything about that, but I, you know, I have to agree the reports that were fun, but it was slow. And because I could feel the time clicking by, it was just not a four for me. Um, again, like I said, there were a lot of great moments, but I think that there were also opportunities that were missed. So, Considering other films we've covered that were really, really bad. <laughs> they're bad. I think this film is worth a watch. Mm. I mean, it's not like they dropped the ball. <coughs> Wonder Woman. <coughs> Wonder All Woman. right. Well, that's not this review. So mm. anyway, that is our show for today, folks. Thank you again for joining us. If you are listening to this podcast on your smartphone, please be sure to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss an episode. If you do have a moment, please leave us a review so that you can let us know what you think. If you would like to leave us a voicemail instead, you can do that uh, via speakpipe.com forward slash forever fangirls podcast. Until next time, stay safe, be kind, and remember, King Shark. Oh <laughs>